Greetings. This is Valerie Champion, author of It's a Spiritual Thing. I'm coming today just to ask you this simple question. Have you left a review on Amazon yet? Well, what are you waiting for? If you've purchased or received as a gift a copy of It's a Spiritual Thing, please go ahead and give us a review on Amazon. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you and have a wonderfully blessed day. Again, it's a spiritual thing on Amazon. If you don't have your copy, get your copy now and then go back and give a review. Awesome. I love you guys with the love of Christ and there's nothing you can do about it. So go ahead. Go ahead. Stop listening to this video and go leave your review. Welcome to a new episode of the Mama Goose Podcast. During the month of February, which of course is Black History Month, also known as African American History Month, Mama Goose will reveal hidden jewels, Black history not taught. This is episode two of Hidden Jewels. Today, we will hear about slave owner, a six-year-old's cotton picker turned activist, and an openly homosexual who was an intricate part of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s team of advisors. So, come on along and take a listen to discover the hidden jewels of the day. Who is Mr. William Ellison Jr.? Well, don't be shocked after you find out, after it is revealed, who Mr. Ellison is. I was a little shocked, but then again, as I think about it, some some of you guys might not be shocked. But here we go. William Ellison Jr. was actually named April by his master when he was born back in 1790 on a plantation near Winsburg, South Carolina. And of course, his name was a indication of the month that he was born in, which was something pretty common when having to name slaves um, back back then. Well, around in 1800-1802, April was documented as being the slave of one William Ellison of Fair County, who was the son of a planter, Mr. Robert Ellison, okay? Well, at the age of 16, after being apprenticed at the age of 10, he completed his apprenticeship with a cotton gin maker, right? But he continued to, to work there as a hired hand. And back then, as a hired hand, your earnings went to your owner. But because he was hired out, April must have worked on Sundays also because on Sundays it was a law that slaves were to be paid if they worked on Sundays 
and he actually saved enough money to purchase his own freedom from Mr. Ellison. And after after, um, buying his own freedom, he continued, right, to work with um, the guy, the the gin maker guy. Uh, I forgot his name. But he also delved into becoming a blacksmith. So he was a cotton gin maker and he knew the business of blacksmith making. Okay. So here's where I got a little, you know, a little bit shocked when I found out that uh, Mr. Ellison at 16 year old, 16 years old, he took Matilda as his consort because back then slaves were not, could not legally marry. They were, it was not recognized. And as a couple, they had six children, three girls, three boys. But it took Mr. Ellison years before he could actually purchase their freedom. But after gaining his freedom, in 1817, Ellison moved to Sumter County, South Carolina, in the high hills of Santee, where he established himself, himself as a cotton gin maker. Because... That particular area during that time, it was rapidly being developed for cotton plantation of short staple cotton. At first, Mr. Ellison was paying other people to hire their slaves. But within two years, y'all, within two years, Mr. Ellison purchased two artesian slaves to work in his shop. By 1830, he had four. By 1840, he had eight. And they worked in his cotton gin business. By the 1850s, he also operated a blacksmith shop where he hired, or owned, I'm sorry, owned artesian slaves. And at his death, Ellison provided for dividing his property including over 60 slaves among his surviving daughters, Maria, I'm sorry, his surviving daughter, Maria, and his two surviving sons. And at his, at his death is when they also gave a $500 payment to a surviving slave daughter whom he had sold. Mr. William Ellison Junior, formerly known as April Ellison, was a former slave, a slave owner. Black history not taught us. Who is Fannie Lou Hamer? Fannie Lou Hamer is a Mississippi-born cotton picker turned voting rights and women's rights activists who worked diligently to abolish racial biased voting requirements in the South. At six years old, Hammer started to work in the fields as a sharecropper, right? But in 1962, she decided to travel with 17 others to register to vote at the county courthouse in 
Indiana Nola, Indiana Nola, Mississippi, if I'm saying that right. Her act of defiance made her lose her job, the only job she ever had and the life that she had ever known, just because she wanted to register to vote. But you know what? This only strengthened her fight for the cause. Hammer helped co-found and served as its vice chairperson, the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. Worked alongside the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which is the SNCC, and played an integral role in the fight for equal education. In 1961, Fanny received a hysterectomy by a white doctor without her consent while undergoing surgery to move a uterine tumor. Such forced sterilization of black women as a way to reduce the black population was so widespread it was dubbed Mississippi appendectomy. And unable to have children of their own, Perry, her husband, and Fanny, they adopted two daughters, Virgie Ree and Dorothy Jean. Her famous quote is, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. Fanny Lou Hamer walked with a limp and still had a blood clot behind her eye from being severely beaten by a police in a Mississippi jail. She was the youngest of 20 children. October the 6th, 1917, she was born in Montgomery County, Mississippi, and died March 14th of 1977. That is our Black history not taught us. Who is Bayard Rustin? Bayon Weston was a civil rights organizer and activist, best known for his work as an advisor to Martin Luther King Jr. in the 1950s and 60s. Rustin was born on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, in 1912 in Westchester, Pennsylvania. But before he turned into his adolescence years, he discovered that he was actually being raised by his grandparents alongside his mother. Mr. Rushton moved to New York in the 1930s and he was involved in passive groups and early civil rights protests. Passive groups are people who believe that war and violence but unjustifiable. And even though he was a key advisor to MLK because of his nonviolent resistance with organizational skills and his truth to being who he is, he was arrested several times for his own civil disobedience and open homosexuality but he continued to fight for equality he was a graduate of Wilberforce University in Ohio both uh, and Chetney State Teachers College 
which both are now uh, historically black schools. He believed in the teachings of Gandhi and it was something that he used to influence MLK. So he was the one who actually introduced, from my understanding, Gandhi to Martin Luther King Jr. Rustin was punished several times for his beliefs. During the war, he was jailed for two years because of his refusal to register for the draft. When he took part in protests against the segregated public transportation system in 1947, he was arrested in North Carolina and he was sentenced to work on a chain gang for several weeks. In 1953, he was arrested on moral charges for publicly engaging in homosexuality activities and was sent to jail for 60 days. And But he continued to fight for equality and he continued to live as an openly gay man until his death. In 1987. That is our black history not taught us. Okay, so welcome to your MGN, your Mama Goose Nugget. Question Why is it important to teach all of our children? about black history I give you four reasons those four reasons are actually coming from a website that is called primary bliss teaching okay reason number one to teach perseverance perseverance is such a critical character trait to have at school and in life because we do not want our children to give up when they face failure Uh, obstacles, right? No, we want our children to get back up on their feet and to try again. And if they fall again, they can get back up and they can try again because they will succeed as long as they keep trying and keep persevering. Number two, to teach courage, okay? Young children are oftentimes fearful of a minute of a lot of things. And I say that because my grandson is one of them. And he hear a noise and he gets fearful, right? No, courage helps children learn to hold up their head and face whatever it is that's going to come their way. And if they fall when they are trying to learn to ride a bike, guess what? We teach them to have the courage to get up and get back on the bike and to try again. To what? to persevere in learning how to ride the bike because it helps them to bravely approach situations where they might be nervous or fearful, such as sharing an answer in class. Who's all been afraid of that? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, number three, to teach peaceful problem solving because we all know that life is full of problem solving opportunities, whether big or small. And it is extremely critical that our children learn the same thing, that they learn problem solving. It is also important for them to learn peaceful ways to do it. Remember, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he's the epitome of peacefulness, right? He's the epitome of perseverance. He's the epitome of having courage, right? Yes, 
Number four, last one, to nurture lifelong learning. Of course, we want our children to become lifelong learners. We all should be lifelong learners. Yes, we hope that as they progress through the years, as they grow into adults, that they continue to wonder, explore, investigate, and learn. And in some cases, to teach. What better way to encourage them than to show historical figures that exemplify lifelong learning, that exemplify perseverance, that exemplify courage, that exemplify peaceful problem solving. Okay, that's your MGN for today. Remember the importance of why we must teach our children black history thank you for listening and i will see you guys next thursday for another episode of itten jewels black history not taught have a fantastic weekend love you guys with the love of christ and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it peace love and joy unto you Hello, Mama Goose. This is Angel Charmaine from Speak Up This Podcast. I just want to say, job well done. I love these um, hidden jewels. Um, I think Betty Boot is my favorite too. So thanks for sharing. I absolutely love it. Please excuse the background. I'm working out and listening. (laughs) 